the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Well, I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. I'm Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to this radio program called Church of the Week, where I bring to you a pastor uh, in the local area to give you an opportunity to get to know who he is, what he's about, and what the church is all about, in hopes that you uh, will find a church that uh, you can call your own. You know, we, we're so grateful that uh, you get to tune in and listen to Bible teachings here on uh, AM630 KSLR, but we want you to be a part of the local community church. We want you to be uh, accountable to someone that you can call your pastor and have a group of friends and family um, that's called the church, people you can go to for prayer and people that you can pray with and encourage others as you too can be encouraged by their words and their friendship. Uh, today we have Pastor Phil Congdon. Uh, he is the uh, senior pastor at uh, New Braunfels Bible Church. And Pastor, we want to welcome you to the studio. Thank you, Mark. It's good to be here with you. Appreciate you coming in. And um, this is just going to be a time for us to get to know who you are and uh, and talk a little bit about your ministry. So let's just kind of start out with you personally. Give us a little bit of information about you. Are you a San Antonian? No, I'm not originally from San Antonio. In fact, I'm not really a Texan, although the old saying is I wasn't born here, but I got here as quick as I could. All right. I uh, actually didn't make it for a number of years. I was born in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I was raised in a in a home where I was taught to know the Lord, came to know Jesus Christ at a young age. Big family, 12 children in my family wow. growing up. You beat me. We're nine. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you get to nine, who's counting anymore? Right. <laughs> you know, you just never knew how many there were. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was an idyllic upbringing in many ways, and uh, I thank God for the heritage that he gave me. I think it's a, a, probably a huge part of who I am today, yeah. just what I had grown up. And how is it that you ended up in Texas? Well, that's a long story. Uh, I won't uh, try to give you the whole thing, but the, the Cliff Notes version would be that I, uh, after I left home, I, I went to Bible college actually in Portland, Oregon at Multnomah Bible College, uh, but I, I never had ever envisioned myself being in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like public speaking. Uh, and and so I figured there'd be something else. I loved music. Um, I trained uh, in in jazz piano, and I, I loved that. Uh, but through a series of circumstances in my life, everything I had planned came crashing down. And so I I applied to and attended Dallas Theological Seminary, and that was my okay. first time in Texas. I spent four years here, but I, I tell people that really wasn't Texas. That was Dallas. Yeah, it's, Dallas. Uh, it's, it's not the same kettle of fish. And since that time, uh, I, I graduated and I left, and I have been in a, a few different places overseas uh, and here in the States. But 10 years ago, I came to New Braunfels uh, at a new church that was just beginning, New Braunfels Bible Church. 
and I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. It was just beginning. It was a church plant. It was a, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a church plant from Northeast Bible Church. Um, the uh, The affiliation here is uh, an evangelical free church. Uh, so there are evangelical free churches all over the United States. Uh, um, but now, for someone a, that doesn't understand what an evangelical free church is, you know what? A uh, that, that's a good question. Uh, it's the evangelical free churches of America are an association of churches. Uh, that obviously have have the same practices, the same um, doctrine, and so forth. But there's an elasticity that is that churches are really independent and individual. They each have their own uh, fingerprint. And, uh, and we were blessed in this regard, too, that Northeast Bible Church was a really wonderful church. And therefore, when we started – we sort of had a heritage handed to us, hmm. and that heritage was, hey, you, you do things uh, this way. We have excellence. We desire excellence in what we do, and it's been great over the yeah. last 10 years for for NBBC, New Braunfels Bible Church, to have that. Mm-hmm. So you said you weren't really aspiring to be a pastor. So back in the day, what did you think you were going to do? Well, I, I actually wanted to be a musician. I, I, I enjoy music. And there are a lot of people like that. There, there are a lot of people in this world who have been very gifted artistically yeah. in a variety of ways. Some of them visual arts, some of them musical or whatever. And uh, I think like a lot of them, I, I was thinking, well, wouldn't it be great just to be able to make my way through life just doing this? Uh, not a lot of us are able to do that. Yeah. Uh, there are very few. You, you look at how many uh, Christian artists there are. For every one, there are probably a thousand who have tried to make mm. that. So it was actually God's blessing in a way that as I contemplated what I was going to do with my musical ability, that in other areas of my life, uh, things that I had nailed down for myself came unraveled. Oh. And, and that's what God uses. Yeah. God uses those times, like C.S. Lewis said, he whispers in our pleasures and he shouts in our pains. Hmm. And, and that was a struggle time for me. And it was in that moment, that you might almost say, that I hit the bottom and God said, good. Wow. Now I've got you where I need you to be. Yeah. So how does that transition happen? How do you go from hmm. you know, giving up on that to saying, okay, God, here I am. Well, what would you have me do? If I could gerrymander, you know that you know in every person's life, and just say, okay, you're you're at the bottom. Okay, do these three steps, and you'll make it. Mm. I'd sell a lot of books. Yeah, <laughs> you don't do that. I really think that the sovereign God has ways uh, that He individually operates in each one's life, and in mine, it was um, it was a series of events that. Um, caused me to stop and I could I could tell you maybe there was this thing or that thing but in in looking back I would probably miss nine out of ten things that God did that I just don't even know about mm. I'll get to heaven and maybe God will sit down with me one day and say hey listen <laughs> look at these things I did and you never noticed yeah but I do know that what he did was he got me to actually Say out loud at one point, somebody was asking me, and they asked me this question, and maybe this is a question that would help others too. But he said, Phil, if you could do anything that you wanted to do for the Lord right now and do it, what would you do? 
And I hadn't thought of that before because I'd always been thinking about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I never thought about for the Lord. And when I put that in there, I said, and I heard myself saying, and honestly, Mark, it was like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. I heard myself say, I think I'd go to a seminary and be a pastor. And the guy looked at me and said, well, then why don't you? Wow. And that is what literally changed it. And and there are, again, other things that brought me to that point. But I I think everybody, everybody in life, they're – they're really looking for a meaning or a purpose that fits the gifts and and the way that God has wired them. And I think that too often what we're doing is we're saying, what do I want to do? And if you can say, what do I want to do for the Lord? Now, that question all of a sudden has a little different tinge of meaning. Yeah. Um, and, and if a person is really right with the Lord— I think that's when the Lord gives us the desires of our hearts. Amen. See, I didn't even know this was the desire of my heart, mm. but I do now. Wow. So at the point where you answer that question, uh, were you married? No, I was not. You weren't married. Okay. I went to seminary single. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and uh, and actually, I am, married, I, I am married today as a direct result of what happened while I was at seminary. Hmm. In my last year at seminary, I was uh, in a class – and um, and a prof in that class, uh, a man uh, who recently went to be with the Lord, uh, a man well-known, Dwight Pentecost, um, was teaching and, uh, and for some reason mentioned that he had recently been talking with a pastor in Australia. And the pastor was looking for a youth director for their church. And they just couldn't find somebody in Australia that really believed the Bible and would teach it. And and I had been overseas a few years already just uh, for summer missions and ministries, and I had never been to Australia. Hmm. And when you're young and you're thinking somebody says, you know, there's a possibility you could go to Australia, I, I thought I'll go. And yeah. I went um, and I met my wife yeah. in Australia. I actually think that Australia lost out on that deal because I took my <laughs> wife from Australia yeah. and I didn't stay there that time. I, I have been back to Australia since then and I have ministered there and taught in Bible college, but um, uh, I was just there for about three years yeah. and got married. Wow. Well, I want to talk about um, ministry. I want to talk about what's what's been going on now here at uh, New Braunfels Bible Church. By the way, for those of you that are just tuned in um, – I'm Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and I'm, you're tuned in to a program called Church of the Week, where I have an opportunity to introduce you to a local pastor so that uh, you can uh, get to know who he is and what the church is about, and uh, hopefully have an opportunity to go by and, and visit and uh, become a part of the local community church. So today in the studio, we have Senior Pastor Phil Congdon of New Braunfels Bible Church, the address is 652 Loop 337 in New Braunfels. Uh, the address uh, on the Internet is newbraunfelsbible.org. Again, newbraunfelsbible.org. If you'd like to uh, talk to them, uh, call them, you can do so uh, by dialing 830-624-8288. Sunday services, Sunday schools at 9 a.m. and the worship service at 1030 a.m. So, Pastor, we've been talking about your... Uh, a little bit about your background, personal background, and I uh, met your wife and this uh, beautiful Australian, and now here you are. You've dug your roots into New Braunfels, and you've, uh, you're pastoring this church. Tell us about the um, – just a little, little bit about the church itself. Tell us uh, – what, what can okay. someone expect when they, when they come to the church? 
Well, New Braunfels Bible Church is in probably the main tradition of Bible churches historically. That is that uh, our focus would be in our name, Bible. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, while I suspect that most churches would say that the Bible is a significant or a focal point, uh, for us, we realize that there are different um, different approaches or expectations that people will have about the authority of God's Word today and how central that will be. And for us, it is absolutely central. Um, we have, <clears throat> for example, a uh, uh, what we call our DNA statement mm-hmm. at the church, and it's a, an acronym of the word GRACE. G-R-A-C-E. And each of those stands for something. And what, it, what we have as our DNA is five rungs, if you will. And it starts with reproduction through growth. And that G of grace is growth. Mm-hmm. And what that means for us is, uh, I mean, I realize that there is church growth and, and we can think about numerical growth. But... Somebody has, I think, fairly accurately said that the church in America is 500 miles wide and a quarter of an inch deep. Yeah. And the, the result of this is that we do have perhaps increasing numbers many times, but we have a decreasing depth. Now, I don't say that New Braunfels Bible Church has uh, solved that problem, but that's a wall that we would lean against constantly, mm-hmm. and that is that we want people not simply to have Bible knowledge. We want them to understand what God's Word is teaching, and we want it to be able to be applied to their lives. Uh, if I finish that, I'm sorry, you know, I just I won't dwell on this too long, but that DNA statement, the other um, rungs of that DNA, the R-A-C-E of grace, stand for reproduction through growth, relationships, adoration, caring, and evangelism. And uh, there's a process. If you think about it, there's a process there. It starts with me getting deeper in my relationship with the Lord. And as my discipleship with the Lord is going to start to energize my life and in our church, that's what our goal is, that it energizes our lives, it's going to inexorably lead to the E of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me, and I'll make you all Bible scholars. Right. And that's why it, it has to be an intentional thing. Um, and, and in 10 years, we, we've discovered that we make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. We do some things right. I remember Bill Hybel saying years ago that he said, you know, we don't know whether we're going to do things that are right or wrong, but we're going to do something. That's good. And and so we're going to do something. Yeah. And sometimes we look back and say, oh, could have been better. But but God has blessed us, mm-hmm. and, and I'm thankful to him. It's his work that, that we're just tapping into what his spirit is doing. Yeah, well, I love the fact that it starts with growth and ends with evangelism because you're right. That's exactly what we've been called to do. Why do you think <clears> – <throat> maybe it's just kind of in your own in your own words um, – uh, g- generally speaking here, you know, we, we see people that do go to church and pretty faithfully, but they never get to the E. They never get to being the evangelist. They – um, you know, they would tend to look at the pastors. Well, that's kind of like your job. You know, you—that's what you do. That's you're—you're you're the Bible scholar. You're the one that went to school. Uh, I'm just—I've only—I only know Christ because, 
you know, I received him back in 1975, and I come to church faithfully, and that's about what I do. How can we get more and more people to really understand what true discipleship is and to receive that commission to go out and, and, uh, and bring others to Christ and really evangelize? First of all, I'll echo what you said. Um, I, I don't know that scientific research has been done, but I certainly know that popular research, and I've heard this many times, that about 99% of believers never share their faith. 99%? I've, I've heard wow. that. And, and that, if you think about it now, again, how do you define sharing your faith? Well, um, some people would say, um, you know, I, I live my Christian life and I let others watch. And so I, I'll grant that that may be uh, a gray area there. But when I think about this, I think about um, the joy that there is in being able to actually share with somebody else the gospel, the good news about Jesus, that he died for your sins and rose from the dead, and that by believing in him, you can have eternal life. Okay, now there's – I just said it in five seconds. Yeah. It doesn't take a long time, but I do think that – um, the enemy of souls, it says in Second Corinthians three that he is blinded. Second Corinthians four, I think he's blinded the eyes of the unbelieving that they will not see the glory. Mm. And and if you think about that, it really is literally true that these people are blinded; they don't see it. Uh, they're imprisoned. The god of this world is Satan. He is doing what he can to keep them totally under his control. And the last thing he wants is for us to ever realize. Just how simple it can be. Yeah, there are many people that I I believe are just ripe. Uh, somebody's called it low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. That's just ready to hear the good news. And, and I don't think the answer is church. Now, that may come as a little bit of a surprise coming from a pastor, but uh, I think we've tried to institutionalize this, and we've we're, we've discovered and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. What works is when an individual believer like you or me. Is talking with somebody else over a Coke or a cup of coffee or something. And it could be at work. It could be in the next carousel, whatever. And in that environment, that's where the truth claims of Christ actually come to bear on people. Yeah. It isn't in a church usually. Mm-hmm. Usually in a church, every defense mechanism people have is already up. And, and, and you know what? Pastors are trying to do. We're trying to keep them awake. And uh, that kind of a thing, you know. That's it's, so. It's but for us as a church uh, to land this plane, I would just say what we have arrived at now. We have a, a program. I don't want to call it a program. It's really more of a course that we are initiating called Growing in Discipleship, mm-hmm. and and we are intentionally doing this. We have tried other things, and I'm frank enough. I can say some of them haven't worked real well, but we are trying to prepare individuals to know how to simply share their faith. Yeah. And uh, that isn't a book learning thing. It's really something that comes more when you're able to get somebody out of the uh, out of the the seat and and into a place where they can see it being done. So, yeah. you know, talk to me in a year. I'll tell yeah. you how it's going. <laughs> all right, very good. So, you've been pastoring this church now for 10 years and you've been in ministry all together how long? Now, uh, I uh, graduated from seminary in 1983, and I have been in ministry of one sort or another since then, not pastoral ministry the whole time. Yeah. So when that day comes, and, you know, we don't 
we don't always or feel comfortable talking about death, but when you know when that day comes, we got nothing to fear, right? So when that day comes and God calls you home, <clears throat> what do you hope people will say? How do you, what what is the greatest impact you wish to leave? Well, I, yeah, this is that's an excellent question, and I'm going to go back to the word grace. Um, I have a group of guys that I meet with um, uh, each week. One of the joys of my life. Uh, been doing it now for a few years, uh, where I just get a group of men together, and it's just our grace group. And we meet at 6 in the morning, and we talk about grace. What does grace mean? How does it apply to our lives? And the reason why I think of this when you ask me that question is because uh, one of the things that concerns me most about pastoral ministry and what we're doing and what we're trying to do here is that so often you will see a church that is planted and that begins to grow and that it really has a pristine, pure commitment to the Lord, to evangelism, to grace, to outreach, to living the life that God has given to us. And then something happens over a period of a few years and the tradition starts to take over, and the way we've always done it becomes the more of the mantra. And that is, for for me, I think, um, my mission mm. is to raise up other men, not necessarily who will be pastors, but will be so clued in to what God's grace is and how wonderful that amazing grace is that is the basis for everything that we have and do. Mm-hmm. If they will hang on to that and not get sidetracked by, you know, you got to behave this way, you got to act this way, you got to use this study, you got it, whatever. Yeah, I, I think that creeping legalism is, is something that is an incrustation on the church. Yeah. So that, that's that's what I hope. I hope that they would say, you know, there's one thing we learned about from Phil. He may have been a bonehead in a bunch of ways, but he taught us grace. Wow, that's awesome. And I'm so glad to hear that you're focusing on men specifically because um, yeah. I just know that, uh, again, speaking generally, that uh, women tend to be the majority when it comes to church attendance and participants and uh, one way or another in, in, in the ministry. And I think uh, men have kind of taken that back seat and allowed them to. And not, not that it's wrong, I'm just saying that we've just kind of Given up the reins in so many different ways, and uh, whether it's uh, in parenting or being the spiritual leader of our home or being that that, that uh, husband that we're supposed to be. And so for you to be focusing specifically on, on these men, I applaud you for that, and thank you for, for doing I, that. I, can't, I couldn't agree more. I remember years ago, it was probably a program you guys aired, uh, but I remember James Dobson uh, once I, I used to – to uh, to uh, be able to to hear him all the time and uh, um, I, I, this was probably fifteen twenty years ago but I was in Australia at the time and I would get it by tape and I would mm. listen to his programs and I remember one time saying that you know eighty five percent of the mail he got at Focus on the Family was from women mm-hmm. and and you know there there are family issues. Where are the men? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, again, like you, I'd say, that's wonderful. I applaud the fact that we have women that are trying to do this. But we men have left them yeah. hanging out there alone yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. 
And in the area of spiritual leadership, um, Scripture, I believe, is, is clear that God intends men to suck it up mm-hmm. and to be the buck stops here, guys, yeah. to take that leadership. So I, that is reflected in my, my intentional desire to try to get men who understand grace. Grace is so often viewed as a maybe a weak or a, a, almost a feminine kind yeah. of a thing. But I think you show me a gracious man who understands grace, that is the strongest thing. And in fact, you, if you know a gracious man, you will find a man that other men will want to be around. Yeah. Amen. Well, Pastor, I want us to close our, our segment here uh, with you giving us information again on how to get a hold of you. Maybe someone's been impacted by uh, something that you shared today. And how, how can they get a hold of you? Give us your address, your web address. Uh, tell us about your church services in about a minute. All right. Yeah, just you can, you can uh, everybody can Google New Braunfels Bible Church and you can get all the information you need there. The, the church is located on the loop, loop 337, that, that just uh, goes around New Braunfels. Um, it intersects with I-35 on both ends, so whenever you see a sign, you get off and you'll eventually run by uh, New Braunfels Bible Church. Uh, but uh, we'd love to to be able to minister to you, and if there's an area in your life that you want prayer for, or if you are interested in finding out how you can get involved in Bible studies or small groups, or if you want a place where you have a fellowship that's based in God's Word, uh, I would encourage you. Give us a call. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us here in the studio. Appreciate you being here. And thank you to all of you that have been listening as well. Uh, for more information on uh, New Braunfels Bible Church, you can uh, log on to newbraunfelsbible.org. Get all the information you want there. Or call 830-624-8288. Thank you again for listening to AM630 KSLR. I'm Mark Longoria. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And uh, here comes the new year. So get ready for some awesome things that God is about to do in your life. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.